Hi, Dr. Phil Flox here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fanses as its presenting sponsor. Fanses is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code. Good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Is Mariner a Section 31 operative? Will Tendi finish all the crew physicals? And speaking of physical, Mugatos are horny little b****, aren't they? No pun intended. Jump in the turbo lift and hit the down button, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek. Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Episode 4 seemed like a kink fest, both on the planet and on the ship. And who would have thought that Ta'ana had the huts for shacks? Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, and right now I need to introduce the best team in the quadrant to talk all things Lower Decks. We're our own version of the Lower Decks crew, and I, for one, can't wait to see Sarah all greened up to play Tendi at a future convention. Welcome back, Casey, Bill, and Sarah. Get that makeup ready, girl. (laughs) Look out, future bathtubs. You're going to be green. (laughs) (laughs) See, now here I thought Casey was going to be Tendi. I'm relieved. Not with that hair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really wow. wow i don't think you're in a position to give him crap about his yeah. hair i don't have any whatever i curly. know <laughs> curly. hey it's good to see you guys um episode four now uh mugato gumato um I, I just love every single week we're getting some kind of callback to some kind of show um this one had several again um and it's always uh, it's always great to talk about all the cool things that are happening in Lower Decks, and we're going to do it in Episode 4 in just a minute. Uh, it's great to be here with the three of you, as always, um, but we want to hear uh, from our listeners as to what they thought of Episode 4. So, Bill, how can they do that? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Sure thing, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I just read the copy. So listeners, yeah. you know, we really want to hear from you. And the best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or Android device. Download that thing, tap the more button, get a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out some of our brand new app exclusive shows that you are just not going to be able to get anywhere else. Head to trekgeeks.com slash app to get all the details. Plus, you can join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer, and it's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It is so easy to join. So easy. Just head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer, answer a couple of questions, and we'll let you write in to take part in all the fun and positive discussion. Like Dan, it's just that simple. (laughs) Boom goes the dynamite. And a big thank you to our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, for the great job they do running the camp. 
Please remember, of course, that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Dan. It may be. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but before we start our discussion... Black alert. Black alert. We want to warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks contains spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 4, stop listening right now. Go on over to Paramount Plus and check it out, and then head back over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments, character details, and weird sex things going on in Mugato <laughs> Gumato. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded just like Grossman. <laughs> very well done. So, wow. Yeah, it was, it was very well done. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Uh, absolutely. Talk about this might be a PG-13 episode. Freaky Magato <laughs> sex. <laughs> yeah, we are. And, uh, yeah, Sarah, what'd you think? <laughs> let's, just, let's just get it right. Let's just put it right out there right now. Um, if I see someone dressed as a Mugato at a Las Vegas convention, I'm going to have mixed feelings and hope that I'm sober when I run into them? I don't know. With a, bro- <laughs> with a broken... And what if it has a broken horn? <laughs> Let's call them. Could that have been off. from friction? Right. Yeah. A little gross. Anyway, you know, it, it, it was a little gross. And you know what? I, I'm the first person to, to love jokes like that. And But I got to say, in all honesty, I liked the episode... That kind of, if there's ever a line to cross, I'm just not sure if that line was crossed in this episode. It was really awkward. And I was watching it alone. <laughs> no comment. Um, exactly. Which, which hand was jealous, Dan? I was, I was okay with it. Um, I, I thought at first it started off a bit like a National Geographic documentary, and I think it would have been great if they'd had a voiceover to that effect with sort of the, <laughs> and the Magatu, by the log, you know. But then to have the third Magatu who likes to watch come in, I think is what really pushed it over the line yeah. into, yep. into weird. Mm-hmm. Um, weird. We've got a whole bunch of new band names for Dayton Ward, from, uh, <laughs> from Horny Magatu to, to you name it. Um, I, I think this is one that's, that's gonna, I, I think it's gonna divide some people kind of yeah. like the first F bomb in Star Trek discovery. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately if I consider what lower decks is, it's a comedy. Yeah. Ultimately I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy. It's on mm-hmm. a streaming service. They don't have the same, um, federal rules that they have to follow maybe, I guess. And, and you know what, in TV nowadays, that might be something that would be on regular network television to be able to get away with. I mean, if, if this isn't the Brady Bunch era, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I guess my question is, what was the rating of the episode? Because mm-hmm. there may be some parents watching this with kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And were they able to, 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 to stave that well, off? I don't know. Let, it, me, it, let it, me ask you this then, Sarah. That's a good question that Bill just brought up. If you're a parent... And you have the kids watching this, and the episode with the Magato and the logs and the third one, is that something that's going to go over the kids' heads enough that it won't be a problem? Or, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there's potential for it to maybe go over their heads. Um, but as Bill was doing the joking uh, motion that the Magato did, that's the part that I thought was a bit... And it's funny because yeah. like it's, it's not that bad like i i get i i find this kind of stuff hilarious but it's just that if he'd been like if if the third one showed up and pulled out a camcorder i would have found that funnier (laughs) because it's not as visceral Mm -hmm. 
that's yeah, the difference. Yeah, absolutely right. That yep. to me, it's they're still both like doing their own thing as the, but there's just something so much more like real about what the direction they took, and I was like, I don't need to see this. <laughs> I'm intruding. I think in. In all of the Star Trek, all of the modern Trek, that is, and let's call it Kurtzman Trek, what, and, and I'm not saying that in negative at all, because yep. Trek has been awesome. <gasps> this was the first, I think, real what-the-bleep-jaw-drop moment when that third one started doing what he did. That was just really something, Casey. I, it just, I mean, it's, I think it's the thing that everybody's going to be talking about this week is that particular scene. And there's so much more in this episode going on that was great, but everybody's yeah. going to talk about it first, just like we are. Well, you know, when the Tapatios are mating, it's just something that... <laughs> I, you know, having raised two boys and, you know, knowing where they could find whatever content... They wanted to forever and like going, oh, 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 okay. Um, you know, this is, this is very Rick and Morty vain to me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. this, this is yeah. not a child's animated show. Mm-hmm. This, this is an, an adult animated show and there's going to be more adult jokes. Not every one of those jokes will land for each person, but you know, it's like, hey, how how can we make the audience and the characters uncomfortable mm-hmm. at the same time? And it succeeded. And I, w- I mean, yeah. I was laughing. You know, when the third one came in, I was like, oh, oh, he oh. likes to watch. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh. <laughs> and, and I feel like I, I, I feel like I need to to definitely like reiterate. I love this episode. I enjoyed yeah. that scene. I thought it was hilarious, but. Uh, you know, in Lower Decks, we still love you, uh, amazingly so. Uh, but there are people who are going to ask these questions, I uh-huh. think. Right. And um, th- that's the way it is. <laughs> I just yeah. can't help but yeah. laugh because yeah. when Dan's like, this is the most like jaw-dropping. It just made me think of other moments like the Data and Yar and Naked Now. And I'm like, now who would have sat and watched Nothing. that? <laughs> or or what about Voke and Laurel? Right? <laughs> which in we Star saw, Trek Discovery. Which we saw a lot of. Which we saw a lot of. I thought for yeah. me that was far more jaw dropping. Yeah. I think I think jaw dropping in 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 terms for me as that's not something well, I guess all of them could be that's not something I expected to see in Star Trek. And then and, maybe that's guess, the but, purpose but right. of it. To give, yeah. give, yeah. give the audience yeah. what they're not expecting. Otherwise yeah. we just get retreads of all the stuff we've seen already. Yep. Yeah. And a little controversy and discussion, yeah. and you keep keep that alive. Keep it going, yep, which is exactly what we're doing here. Now, that doesn't, you know, there's still a lot more to talk about in this episode, because this episode had a lot going on, and it was good. And again, I don't want to say that I didn't like the episode. I did. That was just a, a, something I didn't expect, and it kind of it kind of surprised me. And I will say this. I can, I'm going to have to record my wife's reaction when we watch this when it's on Paramount Plus <laughs> because um, we haven't watched it yet. She hasn't been able to watch Aww. it. So when we sit down to watch it together, it'll be interesting to see what her reaction is. But like I said, a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. And um, let's start breaking stuff down a little bit. Bill, um, we get to see Ferengi. Ferengi, which is, we get which is awesome. Yeah. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yep. Which was uh, awesome. Which just very quickly, right in that teaser, but it was it was great to see with their with their puff up face. That was <laughs> I thought that was a that was a great flocks moment. Um, but th- this has this this episode has a lot of of good things happening in it. 
um, and has the mm-hmm. callbacks that we always talk about, too. It really is. And this story is so Star Trek. I mean, here the Ferengi are poaching Magato to steal their horns. Um, if that doesn't just rip right out of, of current day, you know, the plight of the rhinoceros and, and other animals, other wild animals, then I don't know what does. So here we are. We're taking a topic that Star Trek could, should, and does address and doing it in a really great way. And, you know, the other thing I appreciate is like the pack leads, Lower Decks has made the Ferengi a serious threat again mm-hmm. and in a believable mm-hmm. way. And I am here for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, great point about the Ferengi bill because Casey, I think you also were interested in in and had comments about what the Ferengi were like in this episode. We've seen them a few times in Lower Decks, and each time they're pretty awesome. And if if I remember correctly, somebody uses a reference about how these aren't the last outpost Ferengi, mm-hmm. which I thought was a pretty great call call reference to when they Mariner were dumb does. on TNG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, finally, you know, the Ferengi that were supposed to be the, the villains, the hardcore mm-hmm. villains for, for TNG, and then became a laughing stock in certain things, and then DS9 propped them up to, to be deep, wonderful characters, and then finally here, we get them as serious villains that are doing some nasty stuff, and it's like, the, these aren't cute Ferengi in any way where oh they're slightly misunderstood or there's it's like no they're they're <laughs> literally killing other creatures for their profit and I, I was glad to see that what this show is doing is reworking known characters and species to give them something you, you need the drama yeah and if, if everybody's soft and comfortable that doesn't work at all and Glad they're here. Glad they're... And as we've seen in Lower Decks, there are other Ferengi that aren't like this. So it once again makes them three-dimensional characters. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. And I think the first episode of Lower Decks in Season 1, when Boimler wants to leave Starfleet, um, Mariner sets up something with a Ferengi who looks like one Mm -hmm. of these mean, vicious Mm -hmm. ones, but is actually more of a Quark-type character at the end Mm -hmm. when she's talking to him on the pad. So I like what they're doing. I like how they are continuing to add depth to these different races. Uh, Sarah, one of the things that I I found was kind of a a little bit of a swing and a miss, and and please tell me, guys, if you think that uh, that I'm wrong with this, was the the Freeman story. It really didn't latch on to me very much about her being deceived by this guy with the shuttle and then being able to get all of her prized possessions and almost get away with it. You know, you mentioned it and I even for a moment where I was like, Oh, what were you talking about? Like, I don't remember that. That's how, <laughs> that's how it's that this whole episode kind of yeah. sat with me that way. I didn't like, like, I get what Casey said about the Ferengi thing. And I, I think he makes a really, really good point. I didn't love the storyline just because I've been doing a rewatch of, of DS nine. And I just love what they've done so much with the, Ferengi that I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah. no, that's what they, they're really yeah. mean. This is a horrible, <laughs> this is a horrible band of Ferengi. It's bumming me out. So there's a lot of things about this. And I didn't, I didn't love the whole section 31. It, yeah. Like it, it's still a good episode, but not my favorite. I, I just found that it was a lot of out of left field stuff. I, I don't know about for all you, but I'm finding like this series, this series is much more social than the other series have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's other social things that they're tackling, but also, you know, the lower deckers, they have no quarters. 
So right. they, they, live in they a hallway. meet, you know, they meet somewhere else. They they're doing their jobs, but then also eating together all the time. I mean, that's one of the things I love about this show is everybody's eating all the time or drinking. And so with all this and and bringing up yeah, it was odd. I was like, "Oh, this is an insurance scam in space." Uh, uh, okay. Um an interesting or could have been way more interesting third story but there's just these social things that i think a lot of us can relate to in an everyday fashion that you know this not just this story but the entire series itself i mean we've what i just think about the elgatos and it's like are, <laughs> are we going to you know is this something like uh you know a i'm trying not to say the specific name but a uh, a park that in, has a bunch of animals that, you know, swim around and perform for you. And then I, I thought about the end of this episode where, like, okay, they're, they're not killing these creatures anymore, but is it really a preserve for them? Or are they now the attractions at an amusement park? Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that's, that. That's a really great point. That's a very good point. It makes you really kind of sit down and not smile because you got to think about the seriousness of it but wow thanks for bringing us all down casey yeah well just <laughs> just stick your finger in some poop taste it and go mm, fresh tangy <laughs> I about that oh my god <laughs> how how have we made it this far into the show without talking about shacks tasting poop um <laughs> i know that's all of us haven't had dinner yet <laughs> um and also, enjoy I've, the pudding how have we made it this far into the show and not talked about Anbu Jitsu? I, I love this callback. Rutherford and Boimler get to demonstrate they're not bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you're putting in the work. They can be fierce. But Mara gets to prove time and again why she's still a total badass. Yeah, she really And I, it's such a great, great scene. Yeah. Do you guys feel, do you all feel in this that it's a very sibling relationship between those three? I think Mariner and Tendi is more like deep friendship. But those three whacking the crud out of each other. I'm like, those are siblings. This is where you can beat the living, you know what, out of, teeth. out of a brother or a sister. <laughs> but as soon as there's an outside force that comes in, oh, you F yeah. around, you're going to find out. Yep. And then as soon as the outside force goes away, you turn right back to your brother or your sister. You go, guess what? It's back on. Okay, so we're going to take a break right now and talk about fan sets. But when we come back, I have an extremely extremely important question for you guys. Folks, we want to take a moment as we do each and every week to thank Fansets for being our exclusive sponsor here on Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Folks, now that Vegas has been over for a couple of weeks, Lou and John and the entire Fansets team are hard at work on the newest releases to add to your ever-growing collection. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of pins that they have on the way, guys, really. The next few months is going to be like Christmas every couple of weeks with their new pin releases. And if anyone was watching on Twitter recently, there was a sneak peek at the (laughs) long-awaited Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan (laughs) Delta. I know it's coming soon, and I know it's going to sell out really quick, so keep your eyes on their social media pages and keep your ears right here on Discovering Trek for the release announcement. And make sure you do it real quick. Do that pre-order because Casey's going to sound like he's going to order like 50 of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> well, you know, if you do order them, and you should, you get to save money each and every week just for being a Discovering Trek listener. Just head on over to fansets.com, please. A whole bunch of those pins and some more pins and even more pins into your cart. And at checkout, enter the special discount code Lower Decks. That's L-O-W-E-R-D-E-C-K-S in all capital letters with no spaces. And that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. And don't forget, if you spend more than 30 bucks, you're going to get free shipping in the United States. That's huge. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. Okay, so just continuing our discussion about episode four, I actually have two important questions. Oh I just mm. thought of a second one. I'm going to go with the non, not as important one first. And I'm going to, I'm going to, hmm, let's see, Bill, you're from New England, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it your way. Do you think the bartenders from Northern Maine? Oh my God. I thought that either he was, he was a Mainer or he was trying to channel Robert Shaw from Jaws. <laughs> Um, was he a bartender since the 1800s? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm listening to it. And I'm going, going why, why do they have some guy from South Portland as the, as the bartender on the Cerritos? I just uh, don't get it. more like he was from Fort Kent. <laughs> it, was, it was way up there. I thought, uh, yeah. that, was, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, so that was the non-important question. The very important question, oh. Sarah, I'm going to direct it to you to answer oh, first. No. And then I want to hear from Casey and then Bill. Physicals are an important part of being in Starfleet. We've seen people avoiding physicals all the time from Kirk and TOS all the way up to now in Lower Decks. Why is it so hard? Because literally all Tendi does is point a scanner at the person for two seconds and their physical's done. I, what, is, what am I missing? I don't think you're missing anything. <laughs> I think this is the reality of how people are. I mean, yeah. everyone can feel fine, but they get one diagnosis and they're out of their job. So nobody wants to risk it. And Tana was like ready to like shoot Tendi out the airlock, Casey, because mm-hmm. she didn't want to get her uh, her physical. And then the, the next yeah. thing you know, she's hitting on shacks. What's up with that? Well, yeah, I think I think the not wanting to do physical thing storyline has has run its course a long time ago, um, especially now that you're just getting scanned. I mean, these people aren't going in and like having a surprise proctology exam or anything like that. It's it's well, Bill and Bill usually does that. So, but really, I I mean, I just go. This is basically just giving Tendi an opportunity to show that that she could step step it up and bust her arm wide open which was that was like oh okay <laughs> um and gain some respect from her superior officer but i fully don't understand that trope being brought back anymore maybe that's well, we why know, they brought it back we all know doctors make the worst patients right right and i think that that's the stereotype they're trying to channel in here and um i gotta say uh, way to go, Shax. Um, he's back from the dead. He's now got a girlfriend. Things are looking up for this guy. I mean, I like it. He's kicking ass, taking names, and now he's 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 got a he's got a steady squeeze. I love it. That was brought and up in season one. Yeah, right. Doctor, that the doctor one. made a comment about being either. attracted to Shax because I was jealous. Oh, yeah. and I didn't like her oh. after that. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then and a woman, and then in all of this, y'all. We see Jet, you know, Jet hasn't 
gotten anything that he needs to do from the doctor. But in there, we see Kayshawn. We see Kayshawn a couple of times mm-hmm. in this episode. No yep. dialogue, nothing from that character, and no explanation of what's going on. So I was like, hey, I'd, I'd like to know what's happening here. Because Shax is, is going to be shacking up. He's going to be busy sometimes. Oh, so oh. Well, well, in fairness, hey. in, in TNG season one, we see Worf plenty of times. And he's not doing much. Yeah. Um, and eventually he takes over the security job for Tasha. So I, I, I'm not really all that concerned that, that we haven't seen much of Kayshawn. We may not see much of him at all from here on in. Who knows? I am going to estimate that. I'm going back a couple episodes, but you brought up Kayshawn. So I'm going to estimate within three months, there will be a Kayshawn plush doll based on what oh, happened in episode <laughs> two. I hope it's yeah. going to be yeah, a lot sooner than that. You got to think yeah. about that. You got your own little baby Yoda. Don't screw there, that up. If there's a Tom Paris plate hitting the market, there's got to <laughs> yes. be a Kayshawn. Yep, absolutely. Right. And, and who would have thought that a boring game about agreements and contracts would end up being what saves the El Diablos on the planet and it becomes a zoo. I think it's just fantastic that we get a little mm-hmm. zoo of them out there. See, it's funny when Casey does it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> You're just trying here too hard. Go. I didn't. Because he, he works in an Elgato reference and it's smooth like butter. <laughs> kind of like oh. that Kenny Loggins look of his. You do it and it's like... <laughs> thonk. Well, I think the difference here is my genitals are also sensitive to phaser fire. So when I'm thinking of the tomatoes on the planet... We just oh, got to okay. roll with it. <laughs> wow. Bill? Sarah's just shaking her head. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have no words. I have no words. Rain it in, Davidson. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mugato's running around. Physicals to be performed. Rumors flying everywhere. Sounds like a normal day at the Trek Geeks Podcast Network headquarters, Casey. So um, what do we have coming up next week on Lower Decks? Well, Dan, next week, Mariner and Boimler try to crash the party, and the Cerritos plays host to an alien that takes up more room than they had planned. It's episode five of Lower Decks, An Embarrassment of Duplers. And we will be right here waiting to talk to all of you about that. But until then, remember, you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. Don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio, oh boy, of all our podcasts. Don't do it, but do it. It's so good. And a lot of other perks. (laughs) Do it, definitely. And of course, we want to take a moment to recognize our amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are so grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Julianne Jordan, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky? I, hmm. I don't know. It sounds familiar. Wow. Um, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at $2 a month. For even more 
great Star Trek discussion. You know, we have about 175 shows mm-hmm. that are available on Trek Geeks Network. Actually, there's about 12 of them, um, including this one. There's like Trek Geeks. There's Rewind, which Sarah's the co-host of. There's <laughs> Politrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters. And of course, we welcome Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and with the first link to our network family as the latest additions to the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one, no one talks Trek like we do. And don't forget, download Mm -hmm. the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app while you're at it, right? What I say? That was in a different part of the I know, but it's that important. You got to say it twice. You got to say it twice. Anyway. That'll be the third time. Okay. Well, (laughs) math is... Uh, not hard, right? Not hard, Amy. Not hard. Not hard at all. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for joining us for our discussion on Lower Decks episode four, Mugato Gumato, an episode that certainly pushed the envelope and gave us some great new moments with our favorite Lower Decks crew. Well, maybe my second favorite Lower Decks crew because I can't thank my crew enough for another great discussion. Bill, Sarah, and Casey can't wait to sit down with you next week to talk all about Star Trek Lower Decks episode five. An embarrassment of duplers. I don't even know what a dupler is. So until next week, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.